She broke up with me. What do I do? Can she come back? How can I get her back? I can't. I can't get her to talk to me. She gave me a pen. She gave my heart and she gave me a pen. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh! 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 I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great! You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today, we talk about breaking up in the 80s. With me, as always, at least they're still in love, Sean Daly and Kathy Wass. Aww. So, this is going to be a somber one. Yes. Yes, it is, is going to be somber. For, for those of you out there uh, who have uh, gone on Steve's blog this week, uh, it's basically been a little tough. It's all about breaking up and sad yeah. things. And uh, we have a shocking announcement, a sad announcement, but we're going to try to get through it together. For Mr. Steve Spears, Spears, tell us, why are you so sad these days? It's no coincidence that I am not in Chicago today, where I'm supposed to be. Um, Vegas girlfriend has broken up with me. Aww. Yes, it's been a very hard week in um, in our cubicle. Um, but we decide to, to to march forward with the show as Steve. This is the best therapy possible as Steve gets over this. Steve, do you want to tell us a little bit about what happened? Um, you and uh, and Vegas girlfriend, yeah. Vegas ex girlfriend. Now is that what we're calling yeah, it? So not, not to be glib. Not to be glib. Not that I would ever do we that. Would, you would never <coughs> be glib. So she's the V E G F now. It doesn't. Right. That doesn't. It's really almost roll. Weird, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're gonna get to the whole thing about you know. We still like Vegas girlfriend. Yeah, we're trying to get. We're trying to work our way through this and understand her. However, like I always said, I don't trust someone who doesn't like both bacon. And uh, roller coasters. <laughs> Basically, I gotta have. If you're with me, you know, if you're riding the daily train, let me off. Uh, you, know, you gotta <laughs> exactly. like pork products and thrill yeah. rides. The Sean Daly story. But anyway, back to let's get serious again. You know, Steve, tell us what happened. Bring us up today a little bit. So it was a few days before Chicago. Right. Yeah. Happened over that, the weekend. Um, you know, we were all getting ready for Chicago. We just re- we, we were all together, the three of us, um, we were. last week about the same yes. time. And we were talking about Chicago and the Regeneration Tour. And then uh, the wheels started coming off the wagon on Saturday. And I don't really know what happened other than, um, you Basically, know, it was Kathy's fault. So, <laughs> Blame yeah, Kathy. You come back and I'll oh, help break loose. Nice job. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I'm not comfortable with my feelings or other I know. feelings. It's hard. It's hard to be sincere, isn't it, Sean? It is. The uh, so I, I finally got a phone call late Sunday, basically saying, you know, it's over, and you know, you know, is it, it was give a reason why it's over? I think it was a long distance. You know, that's tough. I mean, we only we saw each other once a month for you know about three days a month, sometimes longer. I mean, during the holidays we had longer uh, trips together. Yep. Can I say something real quick? By all means. You guys were incredibly intense, okay? Kathy, you didn't really see it, but these guys were very intense. You guys talked like eight times a day. I haven't even talked to the fur fiance since like (laughs) May. You know, I mean, you guys are are intense, you know? And so what happens when you have this super intense relationship, but then long distance doesn't really work that way you know you guys uh you know it was like really burn real fast you know you guys are burn real fast so i think that then when oh uh, you went to talk to like four times a day then maybe thinks oh something's wrong even though that's still a lot yeah well, could it be like that could be i'm she, she's under a lot of pressure she's got to study for a um for board exams to become a pharmacist and you know you me kathy none of us will probably ever understand that that kind of pressure you know you've you basically turned around your life. You've 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 done nothing but go back to school and lived on a, you know, on next to no money to to become a pharmacist. And now it all comes down to passing a test, which you got to study yeah. for. So I, I think you know. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was on the other end of that, being married to a lawyer. So it's like, yeah, there's months of him studying for the bar exam. Yeah, it wasn't pleasant. And it's not easy being me. <laughs> well, yeah. I entertain America. I feel pressure, too. Yeah. I got like 18 kids I got to support. I saw a new one the other day. Oh my diapers. Who are you, Elijah Dukes? <laughs> oh, no. I like Dukes. Anyway, so continue. I'm sorry. So, so that's, you know. So how are you doing? Is it getting easier? It's been a few days now. Yeah. We've had some really intense lunches. I've managed to not break down at work as much anymore. Yeah, a couple moments. Yeah. yeah, but everyone's really. I'm on the depression diet, which is nice. Cause, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a, that's in, uh, always the upside. You pop in Xanax. Yeah. See, when I get depressed, I I eat like crazy normally, but like when I'm depressed, I'm just like oh, I'm like the yeah. sausage the, king. No, I just stop eating. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you, well, you saw you we ate lunch yesterday. What did I? I mean, I like barely touched. You my ate like two grains of rice. You were like Gandhi. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> I think I ate yours. <laughs> I, Actually, I could, I'm really benefiting from this breakup. Breakup too, because you yeah. get all the food. Yeah, no Xanax. Um, well, here's the deal, Spears. I mean, are you? Do you regret? You know, I mean, I talk about my life a little bit, but kind of in like satirical terms. But you are very open with our your, our listeners about your life and about what you're doing. I mean, do you regret having a Vegas girlfriend? We should probably just say her name and her social security number now. I mean, right? Anyway, I'm sorry. Do you regret having her on the show, having her be a plot line now? No. Um, you know, it's weird. I mean, it's like you know that when you get into this that um, – I mean, you know, it's no secret now that I've been divorced twice. And I didn't – we never talk about, you know, the last, you know, right. marriages really because for the most part they didn't, they didn't want to be mentioned. Well, Vegas Girlfriend was like an active and eager participant and – that's how you guys met. She was a fan of the show. Yeah. And we then met, you go to Vegas. For Regeneration Tour. So, I mean, this relationship literally lasted from one Regeneration Tour to the next. Wow. And um, the uh, – no, I mean, that's the chance you take when you when you do it that way. I mean, did I see it coming? No. You know, it, well, you know, it's going to take me another 
couple months to understand it, I'm sure. Um, do I do I regret having her on the show and, and talking about her all the time? No, I mean I don't. Um, Was it that I called her a communist? Did that affect your relationship? <laughs> she, at she, all? I know she. I know if she were here, she'd like to clarify that she's actually a sh- socialist. <laughs> no, me too. I know, not um, a communist. But you know, and we've talked about this before. I mean, there's people out there who who've been listening to the show for four years now, and they they get certain impressions of who we are, you know, based on the show and listening to us talk and tell our stories. And, um, you know, this is, this was a public relationship that I had on the show. And so it has to have a public, you know, breakup on the it's show. It's kind of like John and Kate. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> you know, if there's a positive to all this, it's that right now, like 300 of your fans, female fans, and about 25 male ones are like, calling you up. Hi, yeah, do you want to go see uh, Thomas Dolby with me? <laughs> Seriously, you are, this, there's going to be like, this like, uh, man, it's brilliant. You know, I, I have, uh, you know, I have zero morals, so I see this as really a positive. You're going to have tons of dates. That's the last thing in my mind right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what you should say. <laughs> 300 just picked up the phone. Exactly. He's Come not doing it for the dates. You know, you know what sucks? And I mean, I mean, you know, you know what it's like, Sean. You've been broken up with. I've never been. No, no one's ever broken up with me. <laughs> what? Dude, I've been with. I've been with. First of all, uh, yeah. Off and on with the same one for 17 years, who I've never married. I haven't been married either. Uh, no. Can't catch me, man. Woo! Look at me. <laughs> Me. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> not Natalie Diffenball, not Molly Sherman. No, no, no. You are, you're always the one breaking their heart, huh? Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I've never been broken oh, up. Oh wait, he didn't actually date those women. <laughs> yeah, I did. I dated them. The Carefree truth comes baby, out. Can't touch me. How long? How long does it take you, Kathy, to get over a breakup? Um, sixteen years. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. They always um. I don't know. It depends. It depends on the relationship, too. Um, depends how long it is. Depends also on how intense it is. Um, what's the rule of thumb? I think it's six months for every year you're together. Oh, God, please. Yeah. That doesn't sound good at all. So that means I have six months to go through this. Yeah, but no. Yeah. I mean, nice job, Kathy. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was, I meant that was really 16 well days. <laughs> No. Well, to try to get through it all, um, you know, I've been trying to, to vent on the blog and, um, you know, put put what I'm feeling into uh, blog items this weekend. I know it's been really depressing for everyone. And so I've called it the saddest week in Stuck in the 80s history. And um, except for my Transformers DVD item, which unless that you... That is kind of sticking out like... Uh, <laughs> and, and my like a along. sore, yeah, happy thumb. Yeah. And there's something about... Well, even air supply, I managed to turn into a sad item. Um, so... But one of the things we, we did hard. this week that was real popular, we talked about the top five saddest movie breakups in the 80s. And so without further ado, I think we should go through them on the show. I think it'll, make, it'll try to make me feel a little bit better. Okay. Yeah, you, have right? called, you have called the five saddest breakups yeah. in 80s movies history. This is, this is my list with the help of uh, our, our helpful fans who, who contributed some of them. Are you ready? Yes. Bring it. Number five. You can't have The Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. You can have all the Billy Joel's. Except The Stranger. You can have all the Carly Simons. 
You got me this for Valentine's Day. Remember when there were still Valentines around here? You ran out on this relationship. You take the consequences. I didn't run out on anything. You ran out. You f***ed Kevin. You f***ed many. Nameless, faceless many. I feel much better now. Thanks. There we go. St. Elmo's Fire. Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy. You know what's also sad in that movie, Kathy? <laughs> the rape scene. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, the rape scene kind of, you know, yep. brings a little tear to my eye. I so. know. It's a little Zach, sad, that one. You I had lo- to bring it back up. Oh, I totally forgot about it when I put it on the list. Uh-huh. I, I like this breakup. I up the record collection. Oh. Yeah. That was, that was hard. I got to say, when I had my breakup, breaking up the CD collection, really? it was very difficult. You know what did I, you lose that you didn't want to? What did you have to, in order to keep all your weird Euro crap you listen yeah. to, what did you have to give up? I easily tossed the Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> I, I didn't need to, oh. to keep that Her around. solo albums? Yeah. I kind of like them. Yeah. I had to part with all the prints. Ooh. Ooh. That's bad. That is, yeah, that was probably the toughest. In order for you to keep Bronski beat, you yeah. gave up Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. How did you know I have Bronski beat? <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> To read you like a book. I have to still oh. do that this week, by the way. You have to send all uh, Vegas ex-girlfriend stuff back? Yeah, her CDs. You gonna keep anything? No. Really? Well, I mean, it's her stuff. I mean, she offered to let me keep the Pet Shop Boys DVD. You going to keep it? No. Too painful? I can't watch that thing right no, now. No, that's funny, because now we both find the Pet Shop Boys to be painful. <laughs> well, that's good. Now we're finally, all we in agreement. Get, finally, we can get along. Not 300, Steve. This is like freaking Jerry Lewis telethon. All the chicks calling in to go out with you. Look at you. No one's calling. They're all crying. I want to hold them and hug them. (laughs) Daly's mean. (laughs) Sean's mean. If I get emails saying, you were cold and callous, you should be a better friend. I'm going to give someone a flying crotch kick. (laughs) You know what we could do? You know what we could do to make me feel better? Come Come over to the lair. Help me pack up her stuff. And, and and watch the Whoopie Boys with me. <laughs> oh, Actually, I, I might do that. I don't want to do any packing, but I'll uh, no. you know I'll watch. Bonfire. Like, hey, I find that burning things helps, but really? it's her stuff. Yeah. No. Here's the thing, I'm Steve. I'm not mad. Thing. I'm just no, I'm not, but it's I'm not. Sad. It's not a mad. It doesn't have to be a mad thing. Wanna, it's a cleansing. I want to be honest. If people are thinking, oh, the, you're, you're you're putting on a little bit, you're you're really not. And this whole week, you haven't said a bad thing about her. Like, usually someone dumps you, even though if you still love them, you're like, ah, their feet stunk or something like that, yeah. you know? You haven't said a bad thing about her. No. Oh, God, just say it. <laughs> no, there's nothing bad to say. No. Say it. No. Ready? She didn't like sports. She didn't like sports. No. That bothered you a little bit. I could get over it. I can watch sports by myself. Wow. Ready for next on the list? Bah! Yeah. Yeah, bring it. This one's going to hurt. Number four. I know why I'm leaving. What's your story? What killed it for you? The radical change in your lifestyle? Decided you wanted to travel light? Oh, come on, Debbie. Or was it just that you were afraid that somebody better might come along and you would be stuck with me? Look, why can't you just see this for what it is? And what is it? What it is. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, what, two people committed to screwing until they get sick of each other? That's so great. That's really special. Look, I don't want marriage. I don't want kids. I don't want to be tied down. I'm not happy. I don't love you anymore. About last night, my f- what used to be my favorite Chicago movie is oh, now. Oh, that's right. Just to 
short week ago. Now it's my least favorite Chicago movie. Is Continental Divide now your favorite Chicago <laughs> it movie? Is. It it's might be. Hey. <sighs> Here's the story about this. Rob Lowe dumps Demi Moore in this scene. It happens on New Year's Eve in the movie. And when they filmed it, uh, Demi Moore was having problems crying. You know? So uh, Rob Lowe improvised the line, I don't love you anymore. And she didn't see it coming, and that really set her off in the wow. movie. So when, when she breaks down there, that is her truly reacting to, you know, an improvised hurt line from... I, I maintain that those are the most painful words to hear in the English language, and it's, and it's non-debatable. You can't, you can't debate... Someone says they don't love you anymore... You, you can't, can't argue that. You can't argue that. No. Nope. And that's what I had to deal with on Sunday night was trying to argue, not trying to trying to argue against the un, something that can't be argued against. And so I think I think somebody could just kind of that could be a knee jerk thing to say. I don't oh yeah, you. I hate you. I don't love you anymore. And then they can they can come back from that. They can come back from that. I guess. Did she drop that on you? The Vegas girlfriend dropped that on you. She didn't say those words. I asked her. I said, "You don't love me anymore, do you?" And she wouldn't answer. She didn't oh, answer. She didn't answer. She though. couldn't say it. Well, just because you don't say it doesn't mean it's. I'm not it. trying to foster hope, but but you know, uh, you know. not answering that. <laughs> you ready to hear that line again? Ways. You ready? Oh, to hear? Here we okay. go. Number three. I love you. That's all I wanted to say. I love you. So we can see. I'm going to see you again. You can't. What? Don't do that to me. You can't save me anymore. Is it your father? Is it your mother? Just let me talk to them. I can really fix No, them. there's nothing to fix. It's not them. It's not them at all. It's me, okay? I can't see you anymore, okay? Okay. Okay. I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what this is. It's your f***ing friends, right? Shit, Julie. I mean, what is this? It's between you and me, not between the rest of the f***ing world. So f*** off. It's your friends. Well, f*** you. Now f*** off for sure. Like, totally. Valley Girl um, makes the list. It has three breakups. Uh, Julie breaking up with uh, Tommy twice, technically, and then this gut wrenching scene of uh, her breaking up with Nick Cage, and uh, that has always been on my list of really hard scenes to watch. Uh, Nick Cage's response at the end is also improvised. His like <laughs> off for sure, like totally <laughs> did not was not in the script. Not in the script. So um, that's a painful one. But making it less painful, and this is by far the best part of the podcast right now, making it less painful is, uh, Steve, you had a phone call with someone this week, uh, a guiding light. And uh, who was that phone call? Your phone rang at work. You had emailed this person. Kathy, you know this story? No, I don't. This is unbelievable. I was sitting, I was sitting right next to Steve. Steve had emailed uh, somebody earlier, a celebrity uh, from, from one of these films, uh, earlier in the oh. week. And all of a sudden, his phone rings, and Spears says, Oh my, you're the last person I thought who would call me. 
I'm thinking it's Brian Adams. Right? <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking, holy shit, it's Adams. Oh, no, it's Adams. He's sick of the bad mouthing. But it wasn't Brian Adams who called. Uh-oh. Who was it, Steve? I hear the words, hi, Steve, this is Debbie Foreman. No way. From yeah. Valley Girl. From Valley Girl. Debbie Foreman, Valley. we've talked about her so much. Debbie Foreman calls up Spears instantly. Uh, like a thick layer of flop sweat. Now what it, is pouring down Spears' What did you face. do to get such a quick response? I need to know. I wrote her an email and I said, uh, you know, I write for I write about the eighties for the St. Pete Times, and you know, I, I'm a big fan of yours. I have been for a long time, and we're doing this podcast this week on breakups, and it's going to be a therapeutic thing because I'm going through one right now, and. I love your breakup scene in Valley Girl. Would you be willing to talk to us about it on the show? Because it might help ease the pain a little bit. Mm. And um, she read, she got the email and called up her mom and read the email to her mom. And her mom said, you have to call that poor boy. Her mom. Her mom. Her mom. Yeah. So, uh, So we had a discussion. And it's taped. And it's a... Um, you you break down a couple times. Yeah, you? I break down a couple times. So okay, well, let's let's hear it. Here you, Steve and Debbie Foreman. Maybe the greatest moment in stuck in the eighties history. I gotta admit, when I when I first started this podcast uh, four years ago, I had two questions in the back of my mind. One was, how soon can I do a show about Valley Girl, which I did in the first month, and my second question, which I never thought I would answer, was, I wonder if I'll ever get a chance to talk to Debbie Foreman on the phone. Uh huh. And uh, today it comes true. Because you wrote me. <laughs> yeah. And also, also because I shared the email with my mom. Oh, really? I wrote, yeah, I said, okay, you have to hear this email. And so while I was um, reading the email to my mom, she was giggling through the whole thing. And I thought, okay, there's something to this, you know. Because my mom, I kind of regard her as, as um, she's very psychic. She's very intuitive about stuff. Uh, even when I'm not seeing it, she kind of goes, no, that's, it's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I'll go, oh, <laughs> right? So when she kind of had a good response about the whole thing, I thought, okay. Was it pity because of the whole breakup thing? It must have been. <laughs> I I never thought that there would be a bright a bright side to a breakup as bad as this one has been. But if this is the bright side, I feel a whole lot better. I think that the beautiful thing about that, that you reached out, you stuck your neck out, you're uh, um, doing something you probably would have never done otherwise. And I think that's probably going to continue to happen in the next six months. So don't be surprised if you start doing things that you wouldn't naturally do, because I think that's the blessing of what's going to come out of this. I know it's hard to see that right now because it's really fresh, but, you know, um, and, and, you know, the thing, time heals all wounds, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have to go through all the emotions to get to that place of finally going, okay, um, I actually do have fond memories and fond feelings for this person, and I wish them well. You know, I doubt that's what you're feeling right now, though. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I still wish her well. I'm still very much in love with her. The, But um, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a long time. Um, yeah. The, um, if, but, but I'm telling you, I have been... 
I've been walking on clouds for the last hour since we first spoke on the phone. And um, I first remember seeing you on the big screen back in, in the early 80s when you appear in Valley Girl. Uh-huh. And I want to know, you know, what are your memories of that of that movie and that project in general? My memories, let's see. It was just another audition, just like all auditions. I had gone to a go-see with uh, a very, um, at the time, um, reputable casting lady called, I think her name was Jennifer Shaw. I hope I'm getting it right. And um, we just had a, a short meeting, just a go-see, you know, just... So that they can, uh, in the future, maybe she could think of me for projects. And she goes, look, I know this, this, uh, these people over here, they're doing this film called Valley Girl. I think you'd be perfect for it. I want to send you over there. And basically, she set up the interview, not my agent. And um, I think everything happened in one day, if I'm recalling it correctly. I went over and I auditioned. Um, they wanted me to stick around, and I auditioned again. And then... Um, my agent decided to force their hand because they were sort of on the fence. Some people wanted me, some people didn't. It was, I believe at the time, the producers wanted me and the director didn't. And uh, so he came up with this brilliant idea that I had gotten this other film in France called French Women in Love. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so he forced their hand to hire me. And um, I think it was a good thing in the end, you know, at, at, considering everything that happened. I know that Martha really loved Nick from the get-go because I auditioned with a lot of boys um, that were up for that part, Nick being one of them, and um, she was always really fond of him. So that, and then we, you know, we just shot the movie, and um, I was new to the whole experience, had never been in those environments. I was out of Texas a couple of years only, out of high school a couple of years only, and... I just kind of was taking it all in and trying to fully experience this, what I knew was um, a blessing when I got it. What was your first uh, impression when you met Nick Cage? I loved his eyes. I thought he had great energy. I didn't, I I thought he was uh, scary to me. And why I say that is emotionally I was feeling stuff inside. And so I he was triggering stuff in me that I had had never experienced in my life. I didn't even have a boyfriend prior to that movie. So um, that's my memory of him. Even when I had the audition with him and even when I worked with him, there was those kind of like, like this thing inside you that you can't control, those, those sort of butterfly feelings, and you keep just squashing them down, thinking, uh, we're professionals, we're working. <laughs> it's a movie. It's not real. <laughs> so um, that's what I, that was my impression of him. I thought he was an artist, too. There was something extremely unique and artistic about him and how he perceived his way, his approach to his work, and the things that he even spoke about, how he saw life. It was like I've never met someone like that before. I, being in Texas, I wouldn't have. Right, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was very sheltered in Texas. Football and church was <laughs> all I knew. So there's, there's, a, there's a chemistry that's between you guys in this movie, and, and I think I saw it for the first time when I was um, you know, 15 or 16 years old, and so it made a big impression on me. And I don't think at that point in time... I'd ever seen a movie that I could relate to the characters and the chemistry and the story. I think I think for people who are my age at that time, there's something about Valley Girl that um, will always hold us a, a spot 
you know, in our, in our hearts. It's, and I don't know if it's the chemistry because you two really have it. I, you know, I, I still haven't been able to figure any of that out. I know that when we were working, there was an undeniable energy between the two of us that was sort of, we just fed off each other. And um, I allowed it to happen, too. I think that in real life, we're very cautious. We put our guards up. We're very cautious of what we say and what we do around the people that we really like. And that environment allowed me to not have any of those walls and any of those boundaries. Because now I had text to deal with, um, to the script that just lent itself to it, and I just allowed myself to be taken on that journey. Um, it was very liberating as an actress. Because I, I think I, in real life I had never experienced any of those things because I was that way. I was so cautious and put my walls up and very boundaries and, oh, what do you mean by that? You know, all this, all this stuff that, you know, guys and girls go through. In, even at our age, we're still going through that, you know. Oh, I emailed him. Oh, no. When is he going <laughs> to email me back? At 46, I'm still thinking that. So, you know, that, those environments just let, lent itself to the beauty of falling in love for the first time or even your 10th time in life. It just allowed that to happen. So, you know, maybe that was it. We both were, I think I can speak only on, in that respect in terms of Nick, that he allowed it to happen as well. Are you surprised these days that he's, I mean, I mean, obviously right now he's just a huge box office draw. Anything he does is just, you know, gold. I mean, could, could you have foreseen that back then? No, not not at all. And I, I I think that there's things inside of us that drive us. I think what I I'm still amazed about at his age is whatever was driving him at that young age, it's still driving him now. And that's what ama- is that what I find amazing because what was driving me at a young age no longer drives me now. You know, I I changed, I evolved. I got new things that I found I I I found more passion in other things for myself. So I think that's what I find fascinating, especially not only Nick, but just others that, you know, I was growing up around um, that are still working today. Now, I mean, I've, I've read this before, and tell me if it's true. Um, was there any sort of a relationship, romantic relationship between you and Nick? You know, I think that on my side, I'll only speak for myself. I had strong feelings for Nick, and, I, and um, when the film ended... Um, we had a conversation. I actually went up to San Francisco with him for a weekend, and then when we came back, um, an ultimatum was made. Let's just put it that way, and I decided not to go with the ultimatum, and that's we inevitably never were together after that. So I think it only lasted during the, you know, shoot the film, which was only between 17 and 21 days, and a weekend afterwards. Wow. That was it. Jeez, hard to that believe. That was it. Now, I got to ask you, I mean, I just did this in the blog the other day, or today actually. I wrote an item and I was asking people what their favorite breakup scenes, which is, it's, it's, it's a horrible topic to, to say, what is your favorite breakup scene? But, but one of my favorite breakup scenes of all time, probably, probably my number one, is the one in Valley Girl where you break up, um, you break up three times in that movie with uh, between Tommy and... And Randy, but you break up with Nick Cage outside your family door, and it's an incredibly emotional scene. What what do you um, 
Was there anything behind that? Um, um, like I said, I only speak for myself. I found it difficult to do the scene because I had feelings for Nick, and I had never experienced. Um, you know, I think deep down I didn't want to be breaking up with him, and I didn't even want to even go there. I thought, oh, you know, to to predestine my myself. So I think I was struggling with it. I was really resisting the whole experience. Even in my body language at the door, you can see I was really resisting it in my eyes and my body language. And um, the way I was even um, barely poking myself out that door, just it was uncomfortable beyond means. And... Uh, the director kept, you know, pulling us aside and talking to us, and she would share notes with Nick, and then she would share notes with myself, and I think that was the longest we'd spent on any scene was that scene, because, you know, we only had so much footage. It was a low-budget film. They only gave us so many um, takes per um, scene anyway and per shot, and uh, it's just, it was a struggle. And it's just, and even when I watch it now, I go, "Wow, it's so uncomfortable." And then, I, and I also say, "Well, how would I have done it differently?" Well, I wouldn't have done it any differently because I didn't know anything else other than what I was giving. You give it. You give them the most painful lines, the most painful words known to uh, the English language, which is basically, "I don't love you anymore." And it kind of strikes a strikes a chord with me. I, I mean, I heard those same words like three days ago. I think as a young person, when you're really young, you're in junior high, you're in high school, you say things that you don't really mean, and you don't really understand the impact of the words. And then when we become adults, we do have an understanding of those words. We do have an understanding of the impact. And so I think it's important to take responsibility for what we say, right? So there's a big difference between the two between what, what happened with you and what may or may not happen in a movie or being really young but way back then when we're in sure, high school. Yeah. From my heart, I'm deeply sorry that this happened to you. Um, but on the other hand, congratulations, because you're going to do some things that you've never done in your life, period. It's going to make you uh, become courageous in 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 meetings and on the phone and in email and in person with people in your future because this happened. So I know you can't, like I said in the beginning of the interview, you can't wrap your brain around it because there's time that was involved with this person and, and you have to sort of go through those emotions to get, you know, to cleanse it all out of you. But in the end, you're going to, something's huge going to happen with you. That really means a lot. I appreciate that. Um, it's really hard to debate, you know, someone when they say, you know, I'm not in love with you anymore. It's just, it's such a finite, mm-hmm. you know, undebatable thing to say. It and it, it really cuts like uh, like nothing ever does. And um, you know, I think were you guys friends first? Um, no, it was one of these relationships that went. Um, it got really intense really fast, but it was long distance and. Um, so we would only see each other once a month for you know a few days. Okay. And uh, and then the end was just real sudden. So I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how you go from you know 100 miles an hour to zero and so quickly. So right. But but I mean really listening to you tell me that just it helps a lot. It does. Well, good for you for sticking your neck out. Yeah, it does. You know, good for you for being courageous because I've always said with myself, I wish I had some kind of a coach with me (laughs) just to 
get a relationship jump started because I can keep it. I just can't start it, <laughs> you know. And um, good for you for starting it and and hanging in there. So if anything, you know, pat yourself on the back for that, man. That's huge. You really know how to cheer me up. <laughs> Where have you been all my life? <laughs> well, I think it's important to, you know, we can't get to where we're going by, by ourselves. And even that means, you know, healing. It means laughter. It means uh, getting a, our education or becoming more knowledgeable at stuff. We don't do it by ourselves. So, I mean, we have to help each other in any way that we can. I think I learned that, too, when I started yoga 10 years ago. I think I learned a whole other way of living through yoga. You know, it was I had never experienced any of it before, and that's why I began teaching it, and that's why I evolved my fitness palette and, began, and, and included Pilates. And I don't really think that I teach fitness. I think I teach value. I understand um, you once had someone contact you who was a fan who wanted to actually take a class with you. Yeah, it's recently because I'm on – well, I work at Grace Anatomy Studio in Studio Cities, Studio City, California, right? Right. And I have a website, um, DebraForman.net, uh, that people can you know email me and contact me, and, and it's on there where I work. But I also do privates out of my home. I call it Apartment 302. And – I have a, a it's at schedule. In fact, the people at Schedule City, I think it's schedulecity.com, they contacted me. The people that wrote the software that built it contacted me and said, hey, we want you to try our website. It's free. I said, okay, okay, I'll give it a try. I don't, I, you know, if it doesn't pan out, then I'll, I'll stop, you know, taking advantage of you <laughs> after a period of time. So I said, sure. And lo and behold, out of the blue, someone booked an appointment with me in my home <laughs> because they were able to schedule an appointment with me online. Boom, right? This guy in Chicago books an appointment with me, and he had made it like a month in advance. He was just here last, like last week. Books the appointment with me. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is trippy. I've never had someone in my home that I don't know, right? Sure. So I thought, well, I'm going to have my mom... I'll have my mom come over, and she could be, like, chopping lettuce in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) So I can have, like, some kind of protection around me because, you know, you just don't know who's going to show up at your door. And, you know, we have the stories in the news. We have all this stuff going on. And and since the 80s, Rebecca Schaefer, remember, someone came and he knocked at her door and shot her dead right there in her front door. So, um you know, I thought, you know, but I need to be courageous myself. I need to stick my own neck out. I need to let go of whatever um, fears I have because I need to really build on what I'm doing. I believe in it that much. So I, so I did it. He, you know, he shows up and, I, and very nervous. He's nervous to the whole, whole experience. I, I, you know, I couldn't calm him down for the life of me. I couldn't get him to engage in conversation with me. I couldn't get him to laugh with me. He just was so uncomfortable for 55 minutes. And it was like, oh, and then he wanted a picture afterwards, so I gave it to him because I thought, well, this is the only reason he's here, you know? So, And I ended up taking the picture because he's really tall. He's six foot two, and he was holding the camera, and he cut part of my face off. <laughs> I said, look, let me take a 
like it because I'm really good at taking my own pictures. <laughs> and so I took the picture for him and I said, you know, please go to my MySpace page and post it on it. And so I could post it up on my pictures so people can know they can come to my home. It's a good thing. I'm, I'm providing a really good service. I'm very good at what I do. So please, you know, do that. I haven't heard from him yet, so oh, I don't God. know. Probably still recovering. I here's what I've decided to do. As soon as I um can get over this this mess I'm in, um I'm going to schedule an appointment with you. I'm going to try to schedule an appointment with you to come out there and have you do your class. And I want your mom to be there to, to, <laughs> because I, I I seriously want to give her like the biggest hug in the world after I give you a hug. But I uh-huh. seriously want to give her the biggest hug in the world for for you know for. Basically, telling you to call me and and to to agree to the interview because I mean I don't I th- I think that would be the second greatest experience in my life after having this interview. Oh, you know you can also because you you know people because sometimes people are uncomfortable in homes as well. But I do group classes at um, Grace Anatomy. I have amazing people that I get to be around on a weekly basis. I'm just I'm so blessed. You know, at the people that, not only that Grace Anatomy attracts, but the people that I'm now attracting, too, they're where I work, you know? Yeah. So important, because what was so cool when I was, you know, doing my research on you, that you are surrounded by um, people you dig, environment that you're in, and you get to do this on a daily basis, (laughs) you know? You get to um, do fun stuff on a daily basis. That is so cool. And you get paid for it, (laughs) you know? I mean, how many people can really say that? I can say that now. I could probably have said that in my 80s, but not in between. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it took me a long time to find my environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, God, you've cheered me up so much. <laughs> good. Good. Um, and continue to, to, pass it, to pay it forward. I will. I promise. Pay, pay it forward today or, and tomorrow and the next day. But really, seriously, you've, you've healed a lot of wounds today. Super. Well, well, good. And, and you're going to continue. And you know what? You never know what the future holds. So stay open. I will. I promise. I'll stop the world and melt with you. Oh, wow. That was a great interview. Oh, she was so nice. So sweet. Yeah. And she still sounds like. She Step sounds like Julie. Yeah. She sounds yeah. exactly like exactly. She's only forty. She's only five years older than me. She's forty six. Okay. So, wow. so you're gonna go, go see her? I really want to. I, I said I would, you know. And she said, you know, come out here and, you know, so I can go to. She her was house. so like so sincere. It was awesome. You should go out there. I will. It's win win. Let's you know. You could use a workout. Pretty <laughs> good. Also, <laughs> I'm not being mean. No, but I'm saying you go out there and she's obviously a be shaman, nice. a guiding light. And who knows? You guys shaman. did it She all. could be your shaman. Mm. I, she could be. Uh, do you always have to go to the gutter? What if I she's going to be inspirational? Wait, no, what if she's going to be a guiding gonna, light? I didn't say he's going to hook up with her. Oh, I, I thought mean, it was implied. I didn't imply anything. <laughs> oh, yes, I didn't do did. any, There's no implication. Uh-huh. There's no implication. Uh-huh. No. Then we go out there. But how about this? Let's play fantasy scenario. All right, let's play fantasy. Just for kicks, play fantasy scenario. That how awesome would it be? How Stallone over the top boom is that you? you come out of a breakup... 
And you, you know, you you had you to cheapen this. You I had to cheapen it. Come on, oh, you know what? Fine. <laughs> I, I thought it was beautiful and it was mm-hmm. nice, but I go out and you know take her out to eat and have fun. But was she bacon? No, probably mm. not. I don't know. Yeah, she didn't say she, she was. She say she's, oh, she'd stay. I don't know. She's she she's she yoga. runs she she runs healthy a, yoga. She, she's a Pilates and yoga instructor in Studio City, California. Yeah, you can actually. I mean, people can book sessions with her on the internet deborahforman.net you can literally go there and book a session with her so um I'd can book i book a session baby uh, can i book a steak <laughs> dinner with her i don't know <laughs> sorry but how uh, awesome would that be going oh. from vegas girlfriend to debbie foreman <sighs> that might ease the pain <laughs> oh. <sighs> dogs you're not all dogs not gonna happen <laughs> All right, we all right. Well, listen, we have two more uh, saddest breakups. We have our top two, right? Right. All right, let's continue. Number two. How can I look at you and say this? Say what? I think that we should spend some time apart. What's wrong? Well. I need to study. And... You need to study? Yeah. Okay. How much time do you need? I mean, you know, I mean, you're going to be leaving in a little while, so I'm just asking questions. We'll see. Okay. It's good knowing this. just decide we decide because I'm worried did you just break up with me no no it sounded like you did no we decided that we're friends I mean I know it's a terrible word well for friends why can't we see each other I think that we should stop going out on dates oh I feel like a dick you must think I'm a dick. No, I don't. I yeah, don't. Yeah, you do. Lloyd, we shared the most intimate thing two people can share. You shared it with a dick. No, I didn't. Ah, yes, the gold standard. Say anything with John Cusack. That was just so painful. Still. Some of Cameron Crowe's best writing, I think. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember uh, reading somewhere that Cusack didn't even want to do this movie. That you know he was he felt like he was too old to play a high schooler anymore. Um, but I'm sure you dangle the words Ioni Sky" in front of anybody. Uh, you know, I'll play a woman if I get to play opposite <laughs> Ioni Sky. Um, she did her own break breaking of hearts in real life. You know she she broke. Uh, oh, um, um, Beastie, Beastie Boys. Boys. Oh no. man, Ad Rock. Ad Rock. Oh, yeah. I was she's hoping- also naked in the Rachel papers, isn't she? <sighs> Which is apropos of nothing, but some of our fans, some of our listeners might like to know. If nothing else, Stuck in the 80s has become the Mr. Skin of the podcast (laughs) world. Yeah, no kidding. Mr. Skin! All right, so I can't imagine anything sadder than say anything, but you have the number one saddest breakup in 80s movies history, and it is... Number one. Does the music give it away? Just once. <laughs> Can we find a way to find and make things right, Kathy? <laughs> Touch me in a special place. 
Yes, the last American Virgin. That is a brutal scene. Uh, oh, BFF and I watched it the other day. We didn't talk, but we watched the movie watched together. It. Yeah, oh. it was very sad. It is. It's so brutal. You know, and it's a zany movie, but it is absolute cutthroat. That yeah. ending. Yeah. And then James Ingram, pow, he just I know. jumps in there. Oh. I love Ingram. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> The um, you can argue like, you can argue oh, if you want that it's not. Oh, e- it is a duet. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? You can argue if you want that it's not even a breakup because he never really was with Karen, Diane Franklin, did, evil. Did they do it. Did they do it. Oh man, I, th- I think it's sort of kind of. It's implied. It's implied. Just like more implication. <laughs> more implication. All he does is imply. I think they did it too. He hawks his stereo to pay for her abortion, and um. Life lesson right there. Never hawk your stereo for anything. And then he sees her at the party with Rick. And so, cueing the, I, you got to admit, would this not only be the saddest breakup, but also the saddest movie ending of the 80s? Saddest movie ending? Well, are you talking about romantic rom-com sad? Yeah. Because we had some people get, you know... There's some sad movies. There's out some there. sad yeah. movies from the eighties. Terms of endearment. I know. Oh, I mean, man. usually beaches, steel magnolias, beaches, steel magnolias, mask, mask, right? Star Trek Two, <laughs> Pretty in Pink, Red Dawn. Don't people get plugged? <laughs> yeah, but then they play the patriotic music at the end of Red Dawn. And everything's all right. Oh, everything's you think all right. Pretty in Pink is a sad. Is a sad Star Trek Two. <laughs> it's a sad ending for me, but I'm just still bitter because. She you know, should have Ve- ended up with Ducky. Vegas girlfriend used to say that Steel Magnolias is a happy ending because Julia Roberts dies. You know what? I agree in that <laughs> respect. Only because, oh, well, I don't like Julia Roberts and she annoyed me in that movie. But Sally Fields breaking down is what makes it sad for yeah, me. I agree. That's brilliant writing, too, because then the scene actually gets kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like, punch, yeah. punch Wheezy. At the, yes. Uh, that's good. <laughs> oh. They always yeah. try. They always try to turn it around at the very last second. Even even in terms of endearment, doesn't it have like a? It's, it sort of has. I mean, she sleeps with uh, Jack Nicholson at the very end. Okay, so, that's no, not a happy had, ending. No, no, but they, had already, they already slept <laughs> together. Yeah, but she sleeps with him again or something. I know that. Like I said, not well, a happy saw ending. Terms of endearment. <laughs> what are you know. talking about? I saw the anime version the other night <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> he read the graphic novel. Yeah. You're snapping out of it. You're coming out. Welcome back, baby. Uh, Come on. You ready to go Hop back? Hop on oh. my shoulders. Hop on my shoulders. <laughs> you ready to go back into Climb it? Climb on a back that's strong. So there you go. Now, in lieu of segments, because it's a very special stuck in the eighties right. this week. In lieu of segments, uh, we're going to continue. With this gut-wrenching theme of sadness in the 80s, with Steve's top five breakup songs. Oh, man. So no games this week, no, no. letters. No funions. Trust me, I have a feeling we're going to have some letters next week. <laughs> yes. You have plenty of time Positive next and week. negative. Steve, call me, call me, call yep. me. You suck, Sean. <laughs> Steve, call me, call me. You're a barbarian, Bailey. Yay, Kathy. <laughs> Isn't it always yeah. Kathy? Anyway, so here we go. Now we have Steve Spears' top five breakup songs, each one stained with his tears. Number five. The Cars, Since You're Gone. 
And I'm going to say right now, I think everyone thinks that cars are this happy-go-lucky band, but they've got Ooh. a lot of really gut-wrenching songs. They do. I know. And it was hard for me to narrow it down to just one, but I went with Since You're Gone Over Drive and some of the yeah. other ones. So, oh, Drive is too. Uh, Since You're Gone has a great tone to it. Yeah. I'm just going to nerd out a little bit, but it just nerd has a great out. sound to it, you know? Yeah. It always sounds good. That's, yeah. Good choice. I, remember, do you, I bet you still don't remember that we actually recorded a Cars podcast. No, no, he doesn't. Oh, and I'm not bitter. Eight hours of research. You don't even remember the Michael Keaton one either. No. Oh. Go back I and listen. I know. That's why hey, we did I'm it. A good looking guy. I love Michael Keaton. Yeah. Hours. I remember that. Hours. I, you know what? We've done what? This is 170? Something like that. This is show number 170. I remember maybe <laughs> Four. 20, 27 shows. Maybe. <laughs> The rest of them, psh, gone. Did we do it the Pesh Mode show? Yeah. Oh, great. That's actually a really good ones. really early Aww. on. Oh. I still get a kick out of I'll tell you one thing. I won't be forgetting this show anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> all right. Nope, let's not continue. Number four. Someday you will be sorry. Someday when you're free. Memories will remind you that our love was meant to be. There you go, number four, Throwing It All Away by Genesis. Now, the Genesis Invisible Touch show, people claim to be our saddest show of all time. Yeah. Until, well... We throw on that I think out the this is right going to dethrone Phil Collins and company. Yeah, and I got a letter, and I and I won't give her name, but she was a, she's a, a fan of the show, and I had never heard from her before, and she was pleading with me. She had found out uh, through the blog that something had happened, and she was pleading with me, please, Sean, be good to your soft-hearted friend. Soft, and I'm like <laughs> soft-hearted. He's bamboozling a nation. But forget about that. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll curb my and anger. And so and she so pleaded like, yeah, with you, and yet so, uh, what do you, you look do like, nothing. Lady? No, and so she's like, please don't play any Genesis Invisible Touch or James Ingram. And what have we done? We've played done them both. both. We've slathered the show <laughs> in Ingram. Yeah. Um, Genesis, the Invisible Touch podcast, that's the one where we talk about Nummy Nummy Girl. <laughs> you have to go back and I remember to that one. All right. That was yeah, bad. I you weren't here, Kathy. I think you left. No, I had left. And and we did that one. And that was bad. I think I think I broke down in the middle of that one as well. Really? Wow. A little bit. I've been, I've held it up okay so far. Today. You cry a lot. I do. I I, I freely admit that. Yeah. I, there's not there's nothing to be ashamed of. I cry a lot. Oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, okay. Uh, Number three. Number three. Shop Boys? I can't even escape them now. <laughs> <laughs> the what? Pet Shop Boys? Not even the Willie Nelson version. What's the significance of the Pet okay, Shop Boys? Okay, there's, there's a this is a this is a, a vanity pick on my part because no. um, 
Pet Shop Boys were like our band. You know, I mean, <clears throat> Vegas girlfriend, and um, we used to love to listen to them together, and we used to love to uh, watch the videos. You know, we have the whole video collection of them. And when you when she called me on my cell phone, that was the ringtone she would hear. Would be oh. the Pet Shop Boys always on my mind. Dude, when I call your cell phone, that's the ringtone I hear. Uh, <laughs> what? What are you trying? The whoa. secrets out. Yeah, what, are that, you, what are you trying that, to say? That has been my, that's my ringtone. That was my ringtone. I have now um, taken it off. What is, what's your ringtone now? Nothing. I'll call you. Really, just silence. <laughs> silence. <laughs> it's the sound of a crown of a clown crying oh. alone. Oh you had to bring up clowns. Yeah, you know, you like now clowns. this is the saddest. So no, one for so me. that's I know it's an unusual pick Isn't to be. Isn't it there. rich? Aren't we a oh. pair, Steve Spears? <laughs> <laughs> All right, send in Help number two. Help a little bit. Here we go. Number two. My beloved Asia. God, I love this song. It's a fun song. Well, no, it's not actually. <laughs> no, it's a fun song. And now you come to me, solitary man. Did I just botch that? Kind of. I, I think did you I did. Wait, but why did you just? You that, sounded more like Ann Wilson to me. I don't know. Ooh. Oh, wasn't there? Really you know sense? what? <laughs> People like my singing, Kathy. Oh, I'm that's sorry. That's something that's changed <laughs> since you left. I sing a lot because people enjoy my dulcet tones. <laughs> I love this. When you saw Asian concert, did they play this? They do, but they do an acoustic version. Of it. Oh, Ooh. I'd like to hear that. Actually, I think they do. They do an acoustic version of a lot of songs. Don't cry is now acoustic. <laughs> oh, you so know, I don't agree with that. I want the full. You know, before I came here for the podcast, I listened to the acoustic version of "Brass in Pocket" by the Pretenders, and it was it made me very sad. Did it? There's that line where I look at I um. I see a picture of you. It was the happiest day of days of my life, and brought oh. a little tear to my eye. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to cheer you up. Um, you guys are really depressing the shit out of me. I right? know. I say that. That's a sad song. Both of you guys on my back. Let me carry I you. Know. <laughs> Golden sunshine. I'm walking on sunshine. It's a happy walking song. Walking on sunshine Ugh, in 110 degree heat. Well, I can't index. imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine anything sadder than the smile has left your eyes, but Steve has one more on his list of the top five breakup yeah. songs of the 80s. Here it is. Number one. You have no right to ask me how I feel. You have no right to speak to me so Phil Collins is my is my soul brother now. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate Phil Collins. 
I what? Why would you ruin a beautiful moment? Speaking of breakups, didn't wasn't he the one that broke up with his wife via FedEx? Uh, oh, facts. Stallone. Oh, facts. Stallone was FedEx. Stallone had the class Collins did it by facts. <laughs> could have been worse. Could have been a cell phone on a Sunday night. Ooh. No, I think facts is worse. Uh, could have been a text has message. A fax machine anymore. No. Cell phone on a Sunday night. Uh, she didn't really have that many options. True. <laughs> I'm defending her. You know what's funny she is I, I don't know. Phone. Would it have been worse if she broke up with you in person in Chicago? And that's and trust Whoa. me. Trust me, I, I thought know. about that. I, know. I thought about that a lot because um, at one point, even after this was going on, we were. She was still like, you know, I still want to go to Chicago. And I, th- I thought about it, and thought about it, and thought about it, and I, I finally just said no. I just, I just couldn't stomach the idea of being there, knowing that this might be the last time I ever see her. And uh, there was just no way I can't imagine myself being in a city like Chicago and and feeling that alone. And um, so we we canceled the trip. But have I second guessed myself during the week? Sure, a couple times. But I would have gone. No, no, yeah, I know. A lot of people said I should have. And. I See, I think what you you need to change your perspective, you know, geographically. You need to go out. I wish I, you know, I have 18 kids, so I can't leave my house no. ever. But I wish I could take you to Vegas, you know, take you out to some shows, <laughs> some buffets, you know, buffets. gamble a little, sit at a table for like 10 hours, you know. I wish I could. Yeah. I, you need to change things up. So Chicago... Yeah, you, know, you could have hung with Bass Node and some of the other. No, um, I mean, everybody else who's going to the show lives in Chicago, so they they, they would have driven in. For you the could concert. have slept on their futon. Yeah, great. This that, '80s yeah. nation wants to, they want to embrace you. No. Yeah, but so no, so, so so Chicago didn't happen. I in person breakup. I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with the. I mean, I I don't know. I don't really handle. I I don't think I could have handled that real well, you know. And I would have been like, I would have been like catching the first cab for the airport. I think and. So there's there, that yeah. wasn't going to happen, but there you go. Is that the saddest show ever? It's right up there. <laughs> Tom Wopat actually said yeah. it's the saddest oh, show ever. Oh. Tom Wopat, and then uh, this one. You know, someone listened to the Wopat interview um, and emailed me like within the last week and said, "You know, it's not as bad as you say it is." No, I'm I like, told you, I listened to it the other day. I said he's kind of good. He's fine. Mm. It's just that it was just me, and we had technical problems well let me just say but i think you're brave for putting this out there yes, on the, uh, I agree. the webosphere you know it'll be interesting to see the reaction from from listeners but i have a feeling it's going to be very warm and loving and to uh, steve shut up <laughs> no, obviously um i'm great friends with them obviously steve and i have talked about this at length yeah you know I steve know. listen steve is honest with his public i'm just uh, you know i have I a mask know. i wear the <laughs> wacky mask yeah. maybe i cry a lot too but i don't admit it on the air i'm the jester i'm the rapscallion if you will I know these Risk. things. Anyway, well, I support you. I think you're going to bounce back from this really fast, despite Kathy, who obviously wants you to be sad oh, for six months' six time. Months. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of monster would say that, but I think you're going to be really good. I, and, yeah, uh, I don't know what I was thinking with that. You know, Sorry maybe you know I can use this to my benefit to uh, get out of my house and take you out, and we can have some fun together. So that's all we got for this week. I really appreciate all the uh, emails I've gotten so far from fans who kind of figured it out ahead of time. Uh, I promise our future shows will be much happier again. And uh, Sean, Kathy, thanks for being here. And um, Vegas girlfriend, I hope you'll always stay stuck in the 80s. But for now, we'll go on 
For now, 